You're listening to Sem Radio. Hello and welcome to Sem Radio. This is Seminary and Jake, and I'm joined with Ah uh, Joseph. Oh, Seminary yeah, Joseph. Yeah, the, uh, the, the, the Seminary and Joseph. The Seminary and Joseph, not Uniting Church Joseph. Oh. This one's Lutheran, so we know he's better. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a special bonus episode of Sam Radio. This is our special Catholic edition. This is for the one-year anniversary of my Catholic movie. I stand with the Catholic Church, which can be found on Sam TV on YouTube. So, on today's episode, what we're going to do is we're going to go through the Tridentine Creed. Now, this is the creed that actually was um, written at the Council of Trent as part of an anti-Protestant... Which, well, the, tri- the Council of Trent was their anti-Protestant council. Hmm. It was also to reform the Catholic Church, which yeah. it did do. Hmm. Or renew, or however you want to word it pretty much from here where we get the official the Roman Catholic Church mm. like before that there was firstly it was just the Christian Church then there was the Eastern Church and the Western Church mm. and then now there's the Roman Church and the Protestant Churches which just splintered off into about a bazillion different groups. So we're going to go through the Tridentine Creed um, I actually Sam Radio a while ago I did a recording of all the creeds that we've got and so while I was doing that I did this one as well. So they're available up on SoundCloud. You get the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, the Athanasian Creed, the Chalcedonian Creed, uh, the Tridentine Creed, and I also added what I called... What's the Chalcedonian Creed? The Chalcedonian one. Isn't that the Nicene Creed? Just no, updated? Uh, no, the Chalcedonian one was slightly different. It was just the two natures of Christ, though. Ah, okay. I think they took aspects of that to talk about. For them. Actually, yep. I think Chal- Chalcedon, I think, might have been after Nicene. Nicaea. Oh, sorry, I'm thinking Nicaean Constantinopolitan. Yeah, yeah, no, this is Chalcedonian yeah, one. Yeah. This is the one that was between the big Polinarianism and Monophysitism mm. yep. controversy that happened between the Antiochian and the Alexandrian schools. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and so I recorded all of them. I also did record what I call Luther's Creed, which is just Luther's small catechism. He gives a abbreviation of the Apostles' Creed. Um, so, here's the actual recording of the Tridentine Creed, and then me and Joseph are going to go through it. I most steadfastly admit and embrace apostolical and ecclesiastical traditions, and all other observances and constitutions of the Church. I also admit the Holy Scripture according to that sense which our Holy Mother the Church has held, and does hold, to which it belongs to judge of the true sense and interpretations of the Scriptures. Neither will I ever take and interpret them otherwise than according to the unanimous consent of the fathers. I also confess that there are truly and properly seven sacraments of the new law, instituted by Jesus Christ our Lord, and necessary for the salvation of mankind, though not all for every one, to wit, baptism, confirmation, Eucharist, penance, extreme unction, order, and matrimony, and that they confer grace and that of these, baptism, confirmation, and order cannot be reiterated without sacrilege. I also receive and admit the received and approved ceremonies of the Catholic Church 
in the solemn administration of the aforesaid sacrament. I embrace and receive all and every one of the things which have been defined and declared in the Holy Council of Trent concerning original sin and justification. I profess, likewise, that in the Mass there is offered to God a true, proper, and propitiatory sacrifice for the living and the dead, and that in the most holy sacrament of the Eucharist there is truly, really, and substantially the body and blood, together with the soul and divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ, and that there is made a conversion of the whole substance of the bread into the body, and the whole substance of the wine into the blood, which conversion the Catholic Church calls transubstantiation. I also confess that under either kind alone Christ is received whole and entire and a true sacrament. I constantly hold that there is a purgatory, and that the souls therein detained are held by the suffrages of the faithful. Likewise that the saints, reigning together with Christ, are to be honoured and invocated, and that they offer prayers to God for us, and that their relics are to be respected. I most firmly assert that the images of Christ, of the Mother of God, ever Virgin, and also of the saints, ought to be had and retained, and that due honour and veneration is given to them. I also affirm that the power of indulgences was left by Christ in the Church, and that the use of them is most wholesome to Christian people. I acknowledge the Holy Catholic Apostolic Roman Church for the mother and mistress of all churches, and I promise true obedience to the Bishop of Rome, successor to St. Peter, Prince of the Apostles, and Vicar of Jesus Christ. I likewise undoubtedly receive and profess all other things delivered, defined, and declared by the sacred canons and general councils, and particularly by the Holy Council of Trent. And I contemn, reject, and anathemize all things contrary thereto and all heresies whatsoever condemned, rejected, and anathemized by the Church. This true Catholic faith, without which no one can be saved, I do at this present time freely confess and sincerely hold, and I promise most constantly to retain and confess the same entire and unviolated with God's assistance to the end of my life. Okay. So, Joseph. Yes. Um, there's probably a number of issues with this creed. Hmm. Now, as far as I know, most Catholics don't say this creed these days. There are the Tridentine Catholics, which are those that reject the Second Vatican Council. I think they accept the First Vatican Council. There may be some real extreme ones that reject both Vatican Councils, hmm. but pretty much Tridentine Catholics are the traditional ones that are pre-Vatican II. And then in your um, Catholic movie, weren't you mentioning some people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget the exact name of them, but yeah, they mean the seat is vacant. I think it's like Sede Vanctus or whatever. They are Tridentine Catholics who actually believe that the Pope's seat is vacant because they believe that the Pope that did Vatican II was an anti-Pope. Like a, a he's a false Pope, and that every Pope after him has also been a false Pope and that they will not accept the authority of a pope until there's a pope that actually denies Vatican II and goes back to Council of Trent. <laughs> um, there actually have, there's a group I remember reading about over in America who's gone so to the extreme of this that they actually named one of themselves the pope. And oh, so wow. there's actually like a, they've started their own little Catholic church in America 
where that guy is the Pope of them. So would it be the Roman Catholic American Church? Possibly. <laughs> I think it's called the Crazy Catholics. Ah, that's probably only by the other Catholics, though. <laughs> Don't know what denomination would go, oh, so what denomination are you? Oh, we're the Crazy Catholics. <laughs> I want to join that one! It like, it like, we started our own breakaway, and we were just like, oh yeah, who are you guys? Oh, we're the Crazy Lutherans. <laughs> oh, oh we're, the, we're the heretical Lutherans? Wait, so you acknowledge you guys are heretical? Yeah, sure, join us! <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Yeah, sure. So, first up here is the Seven Sacraments. Um, Lutherans have two, possibly three, sacraments. I have an issue in the first line. Oh, Joseph's, Joseph's already got first issue. Now, I'm not... The greatest person at English. I didn't get straight A's, although I did get fairly um, high B's in uh, um, school and these sorts of things. And I do have to write big essays just to oh, become you're, a pastor. You're, you're so but excellent at English. Embrace apostolical and ecclesiastical traditions. Why can't they just say apostolic and ecclesiastic traditions? Because it means of the apostles and of the... Ecclesia, which is the church. Yeah. Why can't they just... So you're saying they don't need the AL? Why do they have it? It just seems, I don't know, maybe archaic? Well, I would just I would just point out that the Tridentine Creed was originally been in Latin. Yeah, So it's probably just the way they've translated it. Well, at least this version that I've got. There may be a version that doesn't have the AL. It might just be that they are archaic, and that's why. Apparently the Tridentine Creed isn't... Too much by the modern Catholics, you were saying? Yeah, only really the tradi- old traditional ones. Hmm. Latin, the Latin Vulgate only. <laughs> <laughs> so the KJV onlyists, yeah. the Latin Vulgate onlyists. <laughs> cool. So that's what I say. The seven sacraments. Um, Lutherans only really have two, possibly three. Luther did talk about confession absolution as a third sacrament hmm. on a number of occasions. He kind of dot went back and forth on it, so... so how do we define sacraments? I don't know. How do you define sacraments? I think there's, the Lutherans... I, I think the way the Lutherans... Uh, one aspect that the Lutherans have is normally means of grace. Yeah, it's something that's commanded by Christ. Um, yeah, commanded with a physical element. And a means like of grace. That. I think that's yeah, your three aspects. Well, commanded by Jesus, physical... Um, of like a physical material attribute, and then it's a means of grace. Yeah. Which is why confession absolution is sometimes not really a sacrament, because we'll wear the physical aspects. We found a handy uh, definition for sacraments from our good friends at Wikipedia, um, but it does reference some actual reliable sources. Yep. Not saying that Wikipedia is bad, and you, you should actually use this for your um, assignments at school and these sorts of things. But anyway. <laughs> Especially if you go to uni. Uh, Melanchthon's Apology of the Augsburg Confession defines sacraments according to the German text as outward signs and ceremonies that have God's command and have an attached promise of graces. His Latin text was shorter. Rites that have the command of God and to which is added a promise of grace. This strict definition narrowed the number of sacraments down to three. Holy Baptism, the Eucharist, and Holy Absolution, with the other four rites eliminated for not having the ability to forgive sin. Although at least one or two have the command of God. 
Lutherans don't dogmatically define the exact number of sacraments, though. Um, in line with Luther's initial statement in the large catechism, some Lutherans speak of only two sacraments, baptism and the Eucharist, although later in the same work he calls confession and absolution the third sacrament. So that's a bit of a difficulty, I suppose, trying to number them. Yeah. <laughs> the definition of sacrament in the Apology lists absolution as one of them as well, as I just read out before. Mm -hmm. uh, it is important to note that although Lutherans do not consider the other four rites as sacraments, they are still retained and used in the Lutheran Church, with the exception of extreme unction, or the last rites, although some Lutheran churches do still practice it. Luther himself, around the time of his marriage and afterwards, became one of the greatest champions of marriage, holy matrimony. And the other two, confirmation and ordination, were kept in the Lutheran Church for purposes of good order. Within Lutheranism, the sacraments are a means of grace, and that's very important for the um, Lutheran apology and the Lutheran Church. Lutheran Church. <laughs> and together with the Word of God... These means of grace empower the church for mission. Cool. So the, basically the chief, chief components of what is a sacrament within Lutheranism is there's a command, there's a divine institution yes. by Jesus is being commanded. There's a physical component which is also connected with the divine words of that institution. Mm. Normally the I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost and the take and eat. Well, actually, on the night when he was betrayed, yeah. Jesus took bread and he'd taken it. So drink. then, the physical things, early baptism would be the water. Um, the Eucharist is the bread and wine. But I like how, because there is, Lutherans never dogmatically say the number of uh, sacraments. I've heard some Lutherans go, because isn't the Orthodox Church that has pretty much any sacramental oh, right? They're, can they're be a bit as, funny. Can be any right is pretty much a sacrament. In my cursory glance at the Orthodox Wikipedia and a couple of other resources, I found that the Orthodox Church has the seven sacraments similar to the Roman Catholic Church. So you, you've got the seven sacraments, or they could number them up to around 40. Or a, another view is that the entire Christian life is a sacrament. So everything, everything that a Christian does is sacramental. Back to these seven sacraments, I find it interesting that they say that all these seven sacraments are necessary for salvation. So you need to have these seven sacraments. But then they quickly correct that with, um, though not all for everyone, because like, like you can be baptized, you can be confirmed, you can have the Eucharist, you can have penance. You can have the extreme unction, that's the last rite. Unless but, you don't die. Unless, that's, yeah. <laughs> but you can't have both be part of a holy order, that's a monastery, or and also be married. You, you're either one or the other. Hmm. Monastery or a nunnery. Yeah. Or, or a convent, I think, is actually. Yeah. But yeah, you, you, can't, you can't be both married and be a monk or a nun. Unless no. you're unless you're like your Lutherans, and we don't we don't forbid celibacy, and Luther would still, even though he was really didn't like the whole salvation through works kind of thing that you get mm. through that, he never really actually denied this idea that living in a monastery could be good. Yeah, if you understood it rightly. Yeah, it's the same with anything. Good works are great as long as you realise that they don't get you to heaven. Yeah. Um, as you were saying, Joseph. 
it's interesting, there's three here that say that they can't be reiterated without sacrilege. The baptism, confirmation, and orders. Okay, so yeah, and reiterate means do again, redo. So you can't redo baptism, confirmation, or an order. So what you're saying is, if I become a member of the Catholic Church, you get baptized. I can't then go to the Baptists and become baptized again. Well, not without committing sacrilege. Ah. Because, well, you can't be rebaptized because the second one wouldn't be baptism. You'd just be drawing water on yourself and <laughs> having some guy mumble That's some That's a Lutheran understanding. Yeah, we don't, we don't have that. Confirmation, I like how you can't be reconfirmed twice. What about if you, uh, like, have memory loss and you forget everything? No. Ask the Pope about it next time he's in town. Well, Francis, Francis seems pretty cool. He <laughs> might be able to give us a good, good answer. Yeah. And then, yeah, the you can't become a member of an order again. That that sort of makes sense. Yeah. So you can't really you, leave. You can't, if you do leave, you can't do it again. Yeah, you can't be a um, member of the Augustinian monks and order the of the Dominican monks because you see they hate each other. So plus, like, if you were to have your vows retracted, like that's what. Um, Stolpitz? Was that Luther's? Stolpitz. Was that Luther's head monk, or was it Spal yeah. Spalatin? No, no Stolpitz. Yeah, Spalatin was uh, Frederick the Wise's. Oh yes. Um, advisor. Yeah, it's Stolpitz. He he revoked Luther's oath mm. before because that was for Luther's own safety. Because as Luther's uh, father monk, he would have had to hand Luther over if Luther Augustinian. Uh, the next part. Uh, I embrace and receive all and every one of the things which have been defined and declared in the Council of Trent concerning original sin and justification. Which, if you know what the Council of Trent says, I'm not sure what it says on original sin, but I do know that they and they deny justification and anathematize anybody who takes the Lutheran view of justification by grace. Yeah. 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 Justification by grace through faith. Hmm. Um. I don't know what, what this necessarily means about original sin, but it's probably also they're rejecting whatever the Lutheran view was. Because, you know, the Council of Trent just anathematized, like, absolutely everything. Wingley and Luther. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure if Cal Calvin was around. I don't think Calvin time. was around yet. Uh, he might have been starting up. It was after Luther died. Yeah. So, possibly. Yeah. But, yeah... Council of Trenches, they went crazy just anathematizing everything. <laughs> which is funny, because then at the Second Vatican Council, they didn't they didn't anathematize a single thing. Probably because they'd run out of anathemas from the Council of <laughs> Okay, um, so yeah, I've got to say that we wouldn't, we wouldn't, as Lutherans, wouldn't be able to accept uh, this creed that, on that line there where it goes, we accept anything in the Council of Trent, because we don't accept Except any the Council of Trent. Yeah. Because it doesn't accept us. Pretty much, we got a, pretty much we got anathematized. There's, a, I love. There's the one in the Council of Trent that says that if you are assured of your salvation, let you be anathema. So if you're confident that you're going to heaven, then guess what? You're actually going to hell, says the Pope. So is the but Pope if you doubt, confident he's going to heaven? But if you doubt your salvation, then you're not anathema, and you may be able to get to heaven. It's not a very good logic. I don't really think I don't know which which pope was around when the Council of Trent. It wasn't Pope Leo because I'm pretty sure he was dead by then. 
because he died before Luther. You know, Trent was after Luther's death. Yeah, this I likewise profess that the math, the math, the mass, therein is offered to God a true and proper and propitiatory sacrifice for the living and the dead. Yay! Good old denial of Hebrews. Yeah, um, Lutherans don't treat the mass or even commute, which is or Holy Communion as a sacrifice. Well, Holy Communion is a sacrifice, but it's not us doing the sacrifice. It's the sacrifice God does for us. The sacrifice is already done. Yeah. And also, we don't do things in the church that are propitiatory for the living and the dead. The dead are already gone. They've already passed on. There's generally, What this is generally for is a purgatory, where what we can do stuff on earth to help those in purgatory. Well, we can't. There's no such thing as purgatory. It's a made-up doctrine. Really? I thought Origin was God. <laughs> Origin in um, a few of his writings Origin of Alexandria. speculated on a number of different things that weren't specifically uh, spoken of in the Bible. And one of them was a concept not too dissimilar to the Catholic understanding of purgatory, at least from what I understand. It's interesting. Purgatory, um, there are verses in both one of the Maccabees and also the Epistle of Barnabas, which was one of the books that was... It was close. It didn't get into the scriptures, the Epistle of Barnabas. It, like, mm. it was along. It was one of those, uh, we're not sure books, but then didn't make it in. But it's like, apparently purgatories, there's, a, there's verses in there that you can use from the Epistle of Barnabas to support purgatory. Mm. Which is good that we didn't accept it into canon. Otherwise, people would be able to <laughs> come up with... Proof text for purgatory. Um, yeah, Joseph's got a verse here from Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 10. Uh, various verses, I'll just say. Uh, we've got, Consequently, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, speaking of the Father, mm -hmm. but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sin offerings you ta have taken no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God. That is as it is written of me in the scroll of the book. The Old Testament, right? Yeah. Once for all. Ha! Once for all. <laughs> and by that, we have been sanctified through the offering of the blood of Jesus Christ once for all. Um, that first half of the sentence doesn't make sense. Which is cool. The once for, once for all statement in the gr actual Greek for that, F. Epipax is the Greek word there, which, which is, we translate once for all. Now, it doesn't mean once for all as in once for all humans. No, no, no. The all is not actually in the Hebrew. That Epipax means once only. One time mm. it. That's done. It only ever happens once. And this is what Hebrews talks about, that the sacrifice, mm. unlike in the Old Testament where the sacrifices happen to happen annually and sometimes for sins daily, um... Jesus' sacrifice happened once, and that's it. doesn't need to happen again. Yep. And every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. Bam. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting for that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering, he had perfected for all time those who were being sanctified. 
Take that counsel, Trent. You just got theologianed by the book of Hebrews. Okay, um, cool. Joseph's got some more verses. And the Holy Spirit also bears witness to us, for after saying, This is the covenant that I will make with them, after those days, declares the Lord, I will put my laws on their hearts and write them on their minds. Then he adds, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. Where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer any offering for sin. Bam. Next up on the creed crunching of the Tridentine Creed. Let's see, what other problems have we got here? Uh, pretty much touched on. Uh, we don't believe in transubstantiation as Lutherans? No. And um, we also don't believe in consubstantiation. Describe, uh, define both of those terms. Um, well, transubstantiation is the is the philosophical belief that there was the bread and the wine. Okay, so you've got the things that you can sense. You've got, oh, it looks like, well, we'll go with the wine because it's a bit easier. Um, it, it looks red. It it smells like alcoholic wine because they I don't think they had a process to make it non-alcoholic um, it moves around like liquid it feels like liquid and it kind of clings to your um, blood skin and liquid. you flick it around uh, but it, it's it's less viscous than um, blood yeah yeah so it looks it's like more, wine more fluid it, it, looks, it, it looks it smells it, it smells tastes, it tastes it like wine feels like these wine sorts of things. sounds like wine um, and it is wine in fact but what transubstantiation is, um, well, no I can't remember mind. what the trans, well, the trans is referring to a uh, It's... The substance is changed. It changes the actual substance of the thing, so it still looks, smells, tastes, feels like wine, but it isn't wine anymore because it's actually Jesus' blood. It looks like wine. It tastes like wine. But brother... It ain't wine. <laughs> it looks like ketchup. It tastes like ketchup. But brother, it ain't ketchup. So that's transubstantiation. Consubstantiation, although it's probably the best un, um, explanation for the Lutheran view, which is it still retains both the, the substance of the wine and the substance of the blood. Mm. But the reason why Lutherans reject uh, consubstantiation is actually the same reason for why we mainly reject transubstantiation. That's because we believe that the way that the body and the real presence in the body and blood is a divine mystery and we cannot explain it and we reject any attempts to explain it. The official stance of Lutheran is called uh, the physical the union of the, attri of the attributes. Hmm. Um, that's so like how the, the hypostatic union of the attributes of Christ, which is his human nature and his divine nature, we say that there's a similar thing, a similar union in the body and blood and the bread and the wine. And even though consubstantiation would probably be a good explanation of what we actually believe, we reject it simply because it's an attempt to explain the mystery. And we reject any explanations any attempts to explain the mystery. There was also an idea put forward a couple of like, decades before Luther yeah. and was rejected as a... I think it might have been in connection with a couple of... 
who was rejected by the Roman Catholic Church. Yeah. See, even transubstantiation, Lutherans don't actually officially say that transubstantiation could not be a proper explanation of what's happening. We just reject it because it's an attempt to explain the mystery. Next, the next part, uh, purgatory. Uh, yeah, we we would deny that. As I said before, there's yeah, yeah. nothing in scripture, and Lutherans will reject that. What are you talking about, Jake? It's in the book of speculations. Ah, uh, it's a good book. I forgot about that one. <laughs> that one, isn't that also the book that says the Trinity is actually a uh, uh, decinity? No, no, no. It only implies that. Ah, okay. the quadrinity. <laughs> um, invocation of the saints. That's something that Lutherans. Definitely, definitely reject. We don't pray to the saints. We honour the saints. We remember the saints. We can even respect and venerate the saints. But we no. do. What? We can venerate them. Venerate. We can venerate. What's venerate mean? Um, putting them up as um, examples of holy life. Oh, we can do that. Yeah, we can do that. We can put them up as like Christian celebrities. <laughs> that's, how I, that's how you should live your life. Mm. Use their story... That's um, in the Apostles' yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, Apostles Creed. <laughs> in the Apostles' Creed. Um, the Apology. In the Orthodox Confession, okay. it tells us that we are to remember them and to use them as examples of a holy life. Mm. But we do not pray to them. Yeah, yeah. Because what are they going to do? What was the other thing? But we pray to Jesus Christ and Him only. Yeah. Because He's our High Priest. Yeah. Oh, you, can pray, to, you can pray to the Father or the Holy Spirit if you want to. Uh, in Jesus' name. Yeah, in Jesus' name. Well, you can pray to the Holy Spirit, it's just... See, we firmly assert the, that the images of Christ, of the Mother of God, ever-Virgin, and also all the saints, ought to be had and retained, and that due honour and veneration is given to them. See, that would actually allow, because yeah. we do venerate them and honour them. They can be cheap examples. We just don't pray to them. We just don't... There's also a virgin. Although, the Latin version of the Augsburg Confession does say ever virgin. Yeah, I know. Um, the German version doesn't. It just says, um, like, holy virgin. And I'm pretty sure Luther still believes ever virgin. Yeah, but Luther also believed a lot of crazy things, so what? <laughs> he also believed the Pope was a cool guy. Nah. <laughs> I'm thinking, what, you're going to go Antichrist? But that, that was right. Um, yeah, I was going to say. Um, oh, well, Luther, early Luther was very naive and actually thought that, oh, how is Tetzel guys selling indulgences? Man, the Pope doesn't know what's going on. Once I tell him what's going on, he'll, fix, he'll straighten this out straight away. Yep. Young, naive Luther. And then, oh, the wow, even, this is the gospel. If I t tell people the gospel, they'll just become Christians. I love Luther. Luther had ideas that... Thought the same for the Jews. If I just say to the... if I just, See, the reason why the Jews and the Turks, which is the Muslims, um, aren't Christian, is because the Catholic Church has been perverting the gospel for so long. I'll just simply show them the true gospel, and they'll just instantly convert to Christianity. Yeah, that didn't happen. And then he got really cranky, and... and just went totally off the rails, Adam. Yeah. He wasn't against people groups. He was yeah. just against their ideologies yeah. so Luther, and religion. Luther was anti-Jewish because he hated Judaism, but he was not anti-Semitic that he hated the race. Let's see. What have we got next on the list of things to cut out? <laughs> oh, I promised 
true obedience to the Bishop of Rome, successor of St. Peter, Prince of the Apostles and Vicar of Christ. I don't even know where to begin with what's wrong with that sentence. That the, that the Pope is the Bishop of Rome? Yeah, that's probably true, actually. Successor of St. Peter? Possibly. In a way, yeah, if Peter was the Bishop of Rome. Yeah. Um, Prince of the Apostles? Well, the Pope's not the Prince of the Apostles. Uh, maybe he's talking about Peter as Prince of the Apostles. Yeah, Peter, Prince of the Apostles, and the Vicar of what Christ. What does that make John, if we take him to be the beloved disciple? It's like, Peter, he was the Prince of the Apostles, but John, he was the one that actually people liked. <laughs> yeah, I don't think... <laughs> there is in the Bible the sense that Peter was kind of the head... Like, yeah, he was... The he the head of the disciples, mm. but he wasn't like anything special. Je Jesus went through and rebuked the apostles for debating among themselves who was holier. Yeah, who was the best. Like, I mean, Peter, Peter, James, and John were part of the inner circle, mm -hmm. and then Peter kind of got to be top of he, he the, that. A, I think he was more the mouthpiece. Yeah, but I mean, John was the beloved disciple. He was, he was. The most favoured by Jesus. Mainly Vicar because he Christ. Mainly because he probably didn't reject, he didn't deny Jesus three times. Vicar of Christ. Um, I don't know, what does vicar actually mean? Why do we have, we should get a dictionary. <laughs> God forgive. From the Latin word vicaris. Ah, that's great. <laughs> Representative uh, second hand. substitute. Second hand. Aren't we all Christ's representatives on earth? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Cool. So, yeah, vicar of Christ. What they mean by vicar is that he's the mediator between us and Christ. Yeah, no, that's not right. And then Christ is the mediator between him and God. Wait, so Bible. we can... Can we pray to the Pope then? Is he kind of like a saint that's not dead yet? Yeah, we can get him... To, we can pray to him to Does that mean his salvation is assured? <laughs> Does that mean he's anathema? <laughs> hmm. Alright, likewise, undoubtedly, receive and profess all things delivered, defined, and declared by the sacred canons and general councils, particularly the Council of Trent. There's this, um, most of that, about 90% of that sentence is good. You know, we accept the canon, we accept the ecumenical councils. Oh, yeah, I know, we Lutherans would agree with you there, Catholics. Hmm. And then you go and say you accept the Council of Trent. Granted, this is the Tridentine Creed, so... It'd be a bit odd if they didn't. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so you're pretty, you're almost there. And then you go, you... Oh, this is great. I condemn, reject, anathematize all things contrary to, uh, thereto, and all heresies whatsoever condemn, reject, anathematize by the Church. So anything else that does not agree with this council, with the Council of Trent is therefore... Rejected, condemned, anathematized, and heresy. Which church is that? It's the church. Because beforehand they had a big long name for the church. Yeah, it's just the church. But now it's just the church. But the so Catholics are the church. Everybody else is not. Everybody who's outside the Catholic Church is outside the church. Yeah, they haven't said that yet. <laughs> not here to have it. But anybody, anything that reject that goes against the Council of Trent is anathema. Yeah. Uh, sorry. But it's also, uh, they also condemn and reject and anathematize all heresies and all things condemned, rejected, and anathematized by the church. Yep. 
if Luther's a part of the church, then they also condemn rejection and anathematize the popes, uh, the, oh, the yeah. papal seat. But yeah, that Luther, but Luther was excommunicated, so he's not part yeah. of the church anymore. Well, I think the Orthodox weren't too happy about the papal seat either. Oh yeah, they were, they were excommunicated <laughs> as well. But they're part of the church. No, 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 because once you get excommunicated, you're no longer part of the church. That just gets confusing. Oh, well, to go against the church is to go against God. Which church? The Catholic Church, pretty much. Roman Church. The re the Western Roman Church. That was pretty much the Catholic, the medieval Catholic understanding that if you weren't part of that church, then you weren't part of the church, because they were the yeah. church, and everybody else was just heretics. Yep. That only changed at what? Vatican II. Yeah. It's interesting because Vatican II is rejected by would be rejected by the Council of Trent. Yep. And because the Catholics can't actually ever get rid of doctrines that were um, set in place by either the Pope or a council, they can't actually get rid of, even though most of them wouldn't accept or profess or acknowledge this creed anymore, they can't actually get rid of it. <laughs> because the Catholics can't actually go against anything that a Pope or a council has put in place. Which is the whole reason why Henry VIII couldn't get his divorce. Because the previous pope had actually permitted his marriage, so oh, then yeah, a, the later pope couldn't give him the divorce without going against the previous pope. Right, mm. like a Catholic paradox, which would cause the church to just implode pope on itself. Pope against pope. <laughs> That's pretty much it. <laughs> kind of, it's a bit of a longer episode now, but I think we've pretty much completely just crunched the Tridentine Creed. Um, to wrap out this episode, what I have got for you is a special treat, is that those of you fans of Sam Radio, so you know, pretty much everybody out there would know this, <laughs> fans of the show remember that last year I did a Catholic episode around the time I released my video, and on that we had our special CD release, Pope Centered Hymns, for all those Catholics out there that just don't think their hymns mentioned the Pope enough. <laughs> so this year, Sam Radio is releasing another limited edition CD, so limited that you can't find it in stores anywhere, or even, <laughs> even in existence. But we're releasing a new limited edition CD of Pope-centered praise songs for all those contemporary Catholics that just don't, their praise songs just don't mention the Pope enough. So enjoy the Pope-centered praise song ad, and that will wrap out the episode, so... We're Lutheran seminarians Jake and Joseph. Hey. Goodbye and God bless. Go in peace and serve the Lord. From the geniuses that gave you Sam Radio's slightly lyrically altered Pope Centered Hymns comes Sam Radio's slightly lyrically altered Pope Centered Praise Songs. Pope Centered Praise Songs! In Pope alone, my hope is found. He is my life, my strength, my song. Are you sick and tired of all those mystic experiential praise songs that don't mention the Pope? Pope Senate praise songs! Well now you can listen to a wide range of praise songs with slightly altered lyrics that mention the Pope. Pope Senate praise songs! How great the Pope's love for us How vast beyond all measure that he
To give us heaven's treasure. Listen as those geniuses from Sam Radio slightly alter the lyrics to mention the Pope. One Pope, Francis, you're the only one that I could live for. One Pope, Francis, you're the only one that I could live for. You can even listen to all your favorite praise songs from all your favorite mega churches, like Hillsong. Francis, he can move the mountain. My Pope is mighty to save. He is mighty to save. And Jesus culture. The Pope never fails, he never gives up, he never runs out on me. The Pope never fails, he never gives up, he never runs out on me. Now you can be both Catholic and a mystic. We believe in the Roman Father. We believe in the Council of Trent. We believe the Tridentine Creed. And the Pope's infallible word. We believe in purgatory. In the sale of indulgences. We believe transubstantiation and the intercession, the intercession of saints, the intercession of saints. So buy Sam Radio's slightly lyrically altered Pope-centered praise songs now available in selected stores. Warning, Sam Radio's slightly lyrically altered praise songs cannot be found in any stores that is not actually available for retail. Pope-centered praise songs! Thank you for listening to Sam Radio. Sam Radio is a confessional Lutheran podcast and is in no way affiliated with the Australian Lutheran College or the Lutheran Church of Australia. Sam Radio is a product of Sam Media. You can like Sam Media on Facebook. And if you wish to contribute to the show, you can send emails to samradio at yahoo.com.au. Episodes of Sam Radio can be found at SoundCloud or on iTunes. All visual content produced by Sam Media can be found on YouTube at SamTV.